Well, hello to you all who are physically attending the meeting in New York, and welcome to all who are tuning in via the internet from around the world to celebrate together this great festival of WESAC. We'll start with a presentation, and this will be followed by the full moon approach to the hierarchy meditation. For those who may be new to these events, our festival meetings are organized according to the rhythm of the full moon and to the sun's passage through the astrological signs of the zodiac. The Aegis Wisdom teachings advise that the festival of Wesak is held on the day of the full moon when the sun is in Taurus. And so this year, it coincides with the worldwide Buddhist celebration. The religion of the coming age will be built around periods of the full moon, particularly the approaches made at the time of the Wesak full moon and the full moon of June, but also at the time of a solar or lunar eclipse. And so it's of interest and significance that we will be experiencing a lunar eclipse shortly before the peak of the full moon at 12.13 EDT and 5.13 BST tomorrow morning, British summertime. So let us take a few moments of quiet and then we'll sound the mantram, the Gayatri. O Thou, who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. At this high point of the spiritual year, in a valley in the Himalayas, the Buddha has said to act as a divine emissary for the head of our planetary scheme, 
son of Kamara, carrying his divine force to the planetary center of love, the spiritual hierarchy, and from there on to humanity. This transmission is facilitated by the alignment between the sun, earth and moon, which provides an open pathway for spiritual energies to permeate human consciousness. And at the peak of the full moon, the Buddha is said to hover overhead before the assembled hierarchy, with Christ receiving the blessing of divine will from the Buddha on behalf of humanity. And this close cooperation between the Buddha and Christ is symbolic of the bridging of East and West. And it has led to the Wesak festival being described as the greatest event upon our planet from the standpoint of the spiritual verities. And the one which has the greatest effect upon the human race. And this profound statement highlights the opportunity before us to strengthen the vital bridge between East and West, as well as the bridge between humanity and divinity, of course. So the festival of the Buddha brings the forces of enlightenment closer to humanity and provides the stimulus for the expression of compassion, which characterizes those who see life clearly and are therefore able to identify with the suffering of all sentient beings. The sign of Taurus in which the festival is held is also connected with desire and will, which could be said to embody both the worst and the best of human motives and achievements. For humanity as a whole, the default position has been the cultivation of desire, a pleasurable acquiescence in its satisfaction, and the experience of suffering as the inevitable consequence of this unredeemed habit of living. But Wesak offers us all a reminder that this is only the surface of earthly reality. The deeper truth is it holds the fact of transcendence, of enlightenment, and of a life of unlimited empathy, motivated by a heart and mind that knows compassion in the deepest and most selfless sense. Our thoughts in recent months have been caught up, or should I say, preoccupied with the invasion of Ukraine and the terrible suffering that is being experienced there, as well as in the long-standing conflicts in other parts of the world. Then we have the encroaching issues of the climate change crisis, tensions in international relations, and concerns over nuclear proliferation. And through the ever-increasing efficiency of the world communication networks. People around the world have been participating in these crises emotionally and mentally, and we are all watching together with dismay the sad state of planetary affairs. 
And it's quite difficult to observe these crises analytically and impartially, for we are dependent on how the information is conveyed to us, from which source and by what media. Often it's filtered through political lenses and distorted by propaganda. But in order to see all this clearly, it's vital to practice detachment, detached observation as Buddha taught. And being inspired by his teaching, we know that the eye has to see beyond the fray. Through taking this higher stance, it becomes possible to transmit the light, love, and will to good, which is so abundantly available, particularly at this most important celebration of the spiritual year. In this great ceremonial ritual of Wesak, we are reminded that the great ones, the Buddha, the Christ, the Lord of the world, have never left humanity alone and unaided. And the promise of a great and glorious future awaits each one of us by dint of these and other exalted beings and lives who have chosen to remain on earth to serve divine evolutionary purpose. The Buddha and the Christ, the masters of the wisdom, initiates and disciples of all degrees are living examples that the Wesak is above all a festival of compassion and of divine protection. By their presence and through the redemptive energies they can wield, they stand ready to irradiate human consciousness wherever and whenever the opportunity arises. The Buddha's great teaching was, of course, the cessation of suffering by treading the noble eightfold path. And these steps have been translated for us as right belief, right intention, right speech, right actions, right living, right endeavor, right mindedness, and right concentration or contemplation. As with all enduring spiritual truths or wisdom, they can be read and applied at different levels of consciousness, and they indicate courses of action that require lifetimes of practical application for results to be fully achieved. For instance, a different and higher perspective on compassion is given in the voice of silence where it's said to be no attribute, but is instead the law of laws, eternal harmony, the law of love eternal. And in a footnote, we are advised that this compassion is an abstract impersonal law whose nature being absolute harmony is thrown into confusion by discord suffering and sin. In this sense, compassion becomes a point of dynamic tension, which holds 
all things in equilibrium. So as the Buddha's compassion for all sentient beings led him to pursue a path which could end all suffering, so another great sage, Patanjali, saw compassion as a state of feeling, which together with tenderness and dispassion, enables us to forge a true union with others through one-pointed meditation. And through compassion, one enters and suffers with one's brother or sister. And by adapting one's vibration to respond to another's need, all that is taking place in their heart can be shared. This is done not through an emotional response, but through the keying up of one's own vibration to respond to the love nature of the soul. Through that unifying principle, all hearts everywhere lie open to us. Through tenderness, compassion is translated into practical expression. While through dispassion, we develop a mental quality which leads to inclusiveness and unity with others free from the desire which binds and imprisons. Patanjali suggests that compassion embraces the physical plane, as well as the mental and emotional planes, because it leads to the working out into physical manifestation of the two other states. It is the practical ability to identify oneself with another in all three world conditions. So the quality of compassion and identification with others was demonstrated to the highest degree by the Buddha. And despite being born into royalty, wealth and privilege, he became acutely aware of the suffering all around him and sought to understand the cause. He questioned the transience of life and after entering into meditation and successfully delving into the world of meaning and cause, he gave out to humanity teachings which remain valid to this day. And they can be used as a basis for our experimentation, experience and expression until we too can touch the plane of buddhi and be released from a sense of separation that so characterizes the human kingdom. Thousands of years after his incarnation, the great need of our time continues to be one of enlightenment, of the development of the intuition, which, quote, knows instead of knowing about, it knows and without any medium the oneness of all things and the cycles of becoming large and small by which that unity in a vast field of diversity in some way achieves its own high purposes and the buddha used his mind 
as an inner eye to find the truth he was seeking. And the light which irradiated his consciousness revealed simple truths about the human condition. He summarized this into the well-known Four Noble Truths, paraphrased as, cease to identify yourselves with material things, gain a proper sense of spiritual values, cease regarding possessions and earthly existence as of major importance. Follow the Noble Eightfold Path which is the path of right relations. Right relations to God and to each other, and thus be happy. What seemed to stand out here is the instruction to cease to regard earthly existence as of major importance. Our understanding of reality and identity needs to be reorientated to the universal love, light and purpose which infuse our true being. Our sense both of divine compassion and the demonstration of our common humanity leads us to question how we can shape the future so that a reordering in the nature of religious life can take place one in which the rhythmic approach at the time of the full moon forms a part of. So this brings us to a statement on the significance of the Wessex festival in the externalization of the hierarchy, where we read that there is an increasing emphasis being given in the West by esotericists to the full moon of May the festival of the Buddha. There have been two main reasons why since 1900 this effort has been made. One was the desire on the part of the hierarchy to bring the attention to the, of the public to the fact of the two avatars, the Buddha and the Christ, both upon the second ray of love wisdom who were the first of our humanity to come forth as human divine avatars and to embody in themselves certain cosmic principles and give them form. And the Buddha embodied the principle of light. And because of this illumination, humanity was enabled to recognize Christ who embodied the greater principle of love. And the Buddha demonstrated the consummation of substance matter as the medium of light, hence his title of the illumined one. Christ embodied the underlying energy of consciousness, and these two together present one perfect whole. And the second reason was to initiate the theme of the new world religion. And we are given a vision of this future religion as one which will eventually underlie all religious observances, colour all approaches to the divine centre of spiritual life, give the clue to all healing processes, 
and using light scientifically govern all techniques for bringing about conscious unity and relationship between a man and his soul, between humanity and hierarchy. So working in the influences of the sign of Taurus, perhaps we can see this vision slowly materializing. The selfish will of humanity, symbolized in this sign by the bull rushing recklessly forward, is tempered by those who work unceasingly for increased enlightenment in all departments of human endeavor. And if we are to counteract the selfish will, which leads to destruction and disintegration, whether national or individual, we need to mobilize the will which is based on altruism and which can only be safely wielded by those who love. Human suffering caused by the bull of desire has to be consciously redirected into a fiery aspiration and to a spiritual will, a will that leads to the mountain of vision and initiation in a new era of goodwill. So we work towards this new era by invoking the light bearers, the masters of the wisdom who in turn invoke the lights which carry out the will of God. And these spiritual lives stand ready for a great act of evocation to temporarily work more closely with humanity until a powerful earthly hierarchy will factually, externally, and in reality hold sway on earth. As part of the invocation and evocation process of the Wessex ceremony, it said when the Buddha reaches the site of the ritual, a great mantram used only once a year at the festival is intoned by the Christ. And this invocation sets up a great vibration or thought current, which is, is of such potency that it reaches up from the group of aspirants, disciples or initiates who employ it to God, to the Logos himself. It marks a supreme moment of intensive spiritual effort throughout the year and the spiritual vitalization of humanity and the spiritual effects last throughout the succeeding months. The new group of world servers who are responsive as souls in varying degrees to these higher influences collectively act as an organ of vision for humanity and upon them the illuminating rays of Taurus constantly shine. And Taurus is said to hide the secret of divine purpose and reveals it by touching and opening the eye of light and those who are ready to use that which it conveys for the greater good. The group is symbolized by the bull of Taurus rushing forward towards divinity and leaving a trail of light in its wake to illumine the way for those who follow. And together this group of service 
like their elder brothers, are agents of revelation. And all who serve and love their fellow men as souls are part of this group process. As the time of the full moon approaches, the registration of the WESAC energies usher in a mounting spiritual tension. And this period is a waiting activity, reflecting a process that takes place in the center where the will of God is known. A silent gathering of power that occurs as purpose is concentrated prior to transmission. On our own level, we repeat the process, contemplating the latent power to be released through the alignment between ourselves, the spiritual hierarchy, the Christ, the Buddha, and the Lord of the world. So during this gathering process, we can reflect on the divine power that will be circulated and visualize the heart centers of millions of people awakening and coming into alignment with the planetary heart center and the beauty and order that will unfold in human civilization as a result. To materialize this vision of the future and help make it a reality, we have to act wholeheartedly in the present without calculation or reservation, making sure that the only light that guides our vision is the light of compassion and unity. So now it's time to go into meditation, making a conscious approach to the highest sources of truth and tapping into the bountiful, redeeming light of the inner planes. Holding our minds open to these forces of enlightenment, we work to spiritually rejuvenate our world. We visualize the energies of Wesak growing and the Christ and the Buddha preparing to transmit those potencies that will condition the planet throughout the year ahead. As brothers of revelation, their work continues to lift a ravaged world up towards the realm of truth and beauty. Our cooperation and meditation forms an essential part of the hierarchical chain and through transmuted desire and a silent and fiery aspiration, the light of Wessek is shed abroad in our hearts, through our group, and throughout the world. So we'll use the keynote for the disciple in the sign of Taurus now. I see, and when the eye is open, all is light.
Grip Fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards a spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, and the great ashram of Sanakamara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. Extend the line of light toward Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known.
higher interlude. We hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiate it through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Reflect on the seed thought. I see, and when the eye is opened, all is light.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, we visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as a sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. We sound the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. We visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution As the great invocation is sounded, we visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men. Let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. Such a magical and powerful meditation to close the broadcast and the conference.
it's now hold the spiritual tension we've generated as we move towards the Wesak. At 12.13 EDT and 5.13 AM British Summertime tomorrow. You're also warmly invited to attend the Geneva and London conferences and the Gemini full moon, details of which are going to be posted on the PowerPoint which follows. So we're signing off with grateful appreciation for all the work and inspiration which has gone into the conference from speakers, attendees even, and the speakers themselves. Thank you very much.